One o'clock hour here on Cody and Gold, hanging out on a Wednesday. Of course, our NFL playoff coverage on 610 Sports Radio, brought to you by Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. We heard from Andy Reid. He talked about the practice schedule today, or at least who was not going to practice. And then there was that report from Adam Schefter that a source telling him it's unlikely that Joe Tooney is going to play in this game. I want to talk more about that with Josh Klingler, who, of course, will be out in Baltimore Sunday afternoon. Another AFC title game for Kling as well. This time it is on the road. Uh, I know you were in Buffalo, and I don't know if you got hit with a snowball or, or whatever, but I feel like now you're, you've are you been through it all. You're good to go in all the elements, everything. There's really nothing you haven't experienced now. Yeah, rain, sleet, snow. Yeah, the whole thing. Cold. We're good. We're good. How worried are you about Joe Tooney, though, if it's true that he can't play? Well, um, I was worried when it happened that it when, – when, once they said pectoral, I was like, oh, boy. That's it. Because uh, he's yeah. he's about as tough as they come and, and really tried to, to get back at it the other day and was on the sidelines, was kind of going through some stuff with the trainers, and then <clears> – <throat> excuse me, guys. <clears throat> pardon me. Um, and then – uh, lined up against uh, Allegretti, and he said, you know, I'm just going to try to push off on you. You know, they kind of do that lineman of you lineman drill. And as soon as he hit Allegretti, he winced in pain, and, and they shut him down. And I thought, oh, he's really hurt because he would be a guy that would just, you know, offensive linemen are a different breed. They'll just go back in. You know, they don't, they don't care. And so then after the game, I, I thought he looked a little down. Everybody else was pretty up because they won the game, and he looked pretty down. So I was a little bit worried. And then, you know, as, we, as it developed and they said pectoral, I thought, oh, boy, if this is a tear, that's not good. Um, when they said it's just a, uh, a strain, could be better, uh, but, um, you know, and not something that lingers on into the offseason, right? So hopefully it's something that with, with some rest and whatever can get better. You know, Nick Allegretti is not the worst guy in the world to have fill in either. So, I mean, they have a, they have a veteran guy that can play a number of positions along the offensive line, and him being at guard is not the, not the worst thing in the world. So, um, you'd love to have Joe Tooney, who I think is the best offensive lineman on the Chiefs available for this game and, and hopefully beyond. Uh, but if they can, you know, rest him this week and there is a beyond, hopefully he'd be ready to go for that. But, yeah, a, a torn pack for, a, for an offensive lineman especially, it's nothing to, nothing to mess with. You just can't do what you need to do playing through that injury. Is it bigger for the pass game or the run game if Tooney doesn't play? Um... I'd say probably the pass game. Allegretti's a pretty good run blocker, so I think maybe maybe more so for the for the uh, pass game than. But uh, you know he's played enough too that you know Allegretti probably is a guy I would think that could. And I know it's cliche, but could go be a starter on some other team. He's just got two you know Pro Bowl level uh, guards in front of him, but he's a he's a valuable guy. Can play center too. And no, I don't. There's not. I'm not saying you, there's not drop off. There's a little bit of drop off, but. You could do a lot worse putting in somebody with without his experience. The one positive thing, though, Kling, is Andy Reid did not mention Willie Gay. I mean, so he's going to practice today. Maybe he's limited, but I thought that was a huge step because next to Joe Tooney, that's the injury that's next, you know, in, in the line of worry based off of the mobility that Willie Gay provides and what they're going to need to keep an eye on, certainly from Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I, I'm I'm hoping he didn't just forget Willie Willie. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you know, because uh, Willie tried to give it a go last week and then couldn't, and that was a you know it was a big type game. He's he was kind of you know tasked a little bit with being the spy on on Josh Allen, and you'd love that Willie Gay be available this week to do the same with Lamar Jackson, and then obviously their ability to to get the ball out of the backfield to running backs. He he's he's very valuable in that aspect of things. So yes, good news if he practices today. Um, 
he tried to give it a go for like a series last week and then then couldn't go any further and so hopefully they get him healed up and and, and ready to go and uh it's not not an issue or a game time decision they really thought he was going to be able to go last week and again gave it a gave it a try early but then couldn't finish up so if he's practicing today that's good news cling i'll trust you on this is this me just trying to look things through rose-colored glasses because you're looking for a positive and a negative, or is there something to it? We were talking about, hey, look, the Bills absolutely took it to Chiefs in the run game. Ravens can do the exact same thing if they want to, as they saw from the Bills on tape. But these 14-play, eight-minute drives, I don't think they hurt the Chiefs the way that they used to. I actually think they want to play a similar game. I don't think they mind limiting possessions and shortening the game because in the end, they still think their defense will get the better end of that in the second half than the other way around. Yes, but also this defense that Baltimore throws out there is equally good. So I, I just don't think you can afford to kind of squander possessions if you're the Chiefs this week. Uh, but, you know, Steve Spagnuolo's defenses have been this way a little bit. Um, to me, it's never been about the yardage with his group. It's been about can you limit damage in the red zone and can you limit damage in points. And when they scuffled, what, a year ago in the red zone, and that became an issue. Um, this year, uh, they give up stuff maybe in the first half and really kind of shut things down in the second and limiting points i mean seven points in the second half last week um those are those are ways to win ball games so no i don't think they mind giving up yardage but i think they will have to play better especially in the run game than they did last week i don't think you can give up what 185 and feel like you're going to get away with that a lot right i'd still like to see you know baltimore throw the football rather than run it so Hopefully they can stop the run game and force them into more of a pass game this week than they did a week ago. But I think they do have to play better uh, defensively, as well as they did play, especially in the second half. Probably need another another notch higher this week. Is it just a, a done deal for the season for Derek Nottie? Nobody, we haven't brought him up in a little bit, and, and I, I saw his Instagram post or story heading into the game last week. It looked like maybe he had some brace or something, and that's to me who they really were missing. So is he just not? Is everybody just assume that he's just not playing? Yeah, I mean, I think I would go there. It almost looked like he had a procedure. Now, yeah. they haven't made that official yeah. or anything, but I got from, from, from that thing, too, that he had something done on it. And so, um, you know, Mike Pinnell's been a guy that that is a, a run blocker or run stuffer. Um, he's a guy you bounce back and forth between the practice squad, basically, to, you know, save kind of roster roster space and those types of things. But I imagine he'll be up again. And, again, a good veteran guy to plug in there and – and help uh, in the run game. But, yeah, they're going to have to, again, they're going to have to be better this week against the run game. I don't think you can give up that much to Baltimore and feel like you're going to have as much success as you did last week. Kling, we want 95% of the offense to be Kelsey Pacheco Rice. We've all long accepted that. But we also know that a handful of targets or throws are going to go the way of the other wide receivers. After what happened with McColl and what happened with MVS, does anything change? Do you still want more going to McColl than MVS, more to MVS, Justin Watson, like at this point, who is your, hey, we're throwing it to somebody else that aren't those three guys. Do you actually want the ball going to? I mean, I guess you have to just, again, I don't think there's going to be more than two or three in any, any other direction. So, you know, can you live with, if MBS makes two plays like that, those were big plays last week. And maybe he Huge. gets his confidence back a little bit. And you can feel comfortable in, in getting him the football because you can't tell me he was feeling confident, right? Um, no, no. no fans weren't for sure, but I can't imagine he was either there for a stretch. So if he can make a play early and you feel confident doing it again, I think I think Justin Watson's a guy you you have a little more comfort level in. I mean, I I, I would like to think they're not going to run McCall Hardman on the jet sweeps anymore. I feel like we thought that was three years ago it worked, and now I feel like I've seen enough. But <laughs> you'd like to think down near the goal line. 
they had to do it over again. Obviously, the fumble was there, but yeah. there's no reason. They have faith now in CEH, and he's running He's running hard. He's running well. Um, I still don't know why you didn't give him the football in that situation, uh, knowing Isaiah Pacheco had checked himself out of the game. So hopefully you stay away from the, again, getting cute in the red zone, right? I think they should feel confident in their run game with either Pacheco or CEH right now that they don't have to, to go to gimmicks. If you're going to throw a tunnel screen to Kelsey, I don't think any of us really care, but go ahead and try to punch it in, especially when you have a first down situation. What's funny about the MVS thing is I do hope it gave him more confidence going into the game. I hope it did not give the Chiefs more confidence, if that makes sense. Don't throw to him more just because he showed up in one game, okay? He doesn't need to go back to taking 70 snaps and getting five targets. Yeah, and I think that there was a little bit of that last year that he made plays down the stretch last year, which gave them the confidence that they could lean on him more this year, right? Yeah. You see that that really wasn't the case. And so I like to think it wouldn't be like fool me twice. It's like I want him confident because you need him to play the remainder of the season. Hasn't changed my long-term view of what they need to do at that spot, but you need to play with who you got this particular year. And so if he's got confidence and give you a play or two, here the remainder of this postseason. That's all I'm looking for. Do you like the fact that this is the the 2:30 kickoff on Sunday? Other than your travel plans, but knowing that all right, the NFC title game is the second game, and just how that sets up for uh, for potential matchups. If the Chiefs were to win, you you could actually enjoy the NFC title game a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, other than the selfishly, <laughs> I get back much earlier. <laughs> we got back at 3 a.m. last week, guys. Ooh. And I <laughs> do you sleep I, in the uh, parking lot? No, I, I did go home for like a minute and took a shower and <laughs> kissed my wife and let the dogs out. And that was and then turned around and came back in. Like, I don't think it really matters other than that. I think just getting back a little bit early and probably for everybody involved, because it's, you know, it's while they have the day off the day after, it's draining to get back that, you know, late at night. So just to get back at a more comfortable hour, get everybody rested, and I think it's not the worst thing in the world. But, but yeah, if, if, if they win, yeah, then you get to enjoy kind of carefree what the NFC title game is. If the Chiefs lose, I don't think I'm going to no, care. No, that's what I was telling Cody. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, I'll just hop on the plane and take a nap. <laughs> that's what I was telling Cody. He's like, the NFC title game, I, I, if the Chiefs lose, I might. I, maybe it's on in the background. I, I really don't care what happens in that. No, Good, I think everybody's at... too busy kind of fuming and dissecting and replaying plays and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. I don't think I'll have much interest if they lose. I still watch it. What's wild to me is that gold. this is gold stance because he'll watch – I mean, watch two of the worst teams. I watch Saints Falcons Thursday night football week yeah. four, and I'm like, on Thursday night, I'm like, I'm not doing the that. Chiefs I, are I still got alive. Other things going on the, in my life. The Chiefs aren't no eliminated. Thanks. The Chiefs aren't eliminated. Then <laughs> I still watch an NFC title game more than I want to watch. Yeah, I think two it's just loser like when teams when your when your basketball team gets gets wiped out of the tournament. Yeah. Right? Ruins like, the tournament. It it takes a minute, you know, and maybe you'll come back. Uh, you know, by the time the next round rolls around, but maybe you won't. I feel like yes. it's a little bit that way. Like if the Chiefs, yeah, yeah I, I won't care one bit about that <laughs> NFC game uh, unless the uh, unless the Chiefs win. The Chiefs win, then it'll be like, how fast can I get to a television when we're done so we can, uh, you know, watch the game on the way back? Well, safe travels to Baltimore. We, we've talked. We, you you were at that Baltimore Sunday night game too, weren't you? The last one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one. I that was. Like, they had that game too. That's the one that's uh, Lamar should be over for I against. Felt like they. They pulled out all the stops of that game. You remember, yeah. Like it was it was their biggest game. It was their biggest game, and they had a night game, and they had the Chiefs coming, and it was the rocks. The rock stars were in town. Um, they really pulled out all the stops for that one. Like Ray Lewis was doing yes, stuff on the was. field, of and, course. He was. You know, so I, I imagine they'll probably try to dial it up like that. And that was just a regular season game Sunday night affair, right? If I remember right. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, this I'm, I'm guessing they'll. 
they'll do those similar type things. They've, you know, they're calling it in Baltimore and kind of listening to our sibling station in, in Baltimore a little bit. They're, I think it's the biggest of sporting event they've had in that city. Um, so they haven't hosted this one for a long time, even though they've won Super Bowls. And so having this game there is a pretty big deal. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun atmosphere, another fun atmosphere. Buffalo was too, guys. It was awesome. I mean, um, yes, a little bit hostile at times, but <laughs> but every bit of, like, that's what you kind of should experience on the road. Um, I don't think it'll be quite like that in Baltimore, having been there before. But, yeah, they're going to make it loud and play music really loud and probably bring out every former Raven to, to cheer them on. <laughs> Yeah, that one's. I remember right from that Sunday night game. That was still when all the bidding stuff was going on for the World Cup. They had members of FIFA at that game. I just want to point out the Chiefs got the sites. The Baltimore, the <laughs> city of Baltimore and DC uh, area did not get any of the World Cup sites. And they were doing. They were doing the. Uh, all right, uh, they're back from commercial in thirty seconds. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. be ready to be loud. And they would count it down. You know, ten, nine. Okay, everybody cheer. <laughs> so I mean, they were really. It was. Uh, yeah, it was a really. Uh, amped up atmosphere the last go around there and I'm, I'm imagining it'll be similar coming up on Sunday should be fun all right thanks Kling we'll be listening tomorrow morning thanks guys there you go that's Josh Klingler he'll be in Baltimore on Sunday and of course you hear him tomorrow morning 5 58 a.m. here on 610 sports radio yeah the, that I forgot about the FIFA committee there and it's funny to look back now knowing they didn't get it but like they were ha, at, Baltimore yeah that ba- the Baltimore and DC area did not get the World Cup site uh, as one of the what 12 sites or whatever it is what is and it, February 4th or 4th? 3rd or 4th, yeah, something like right, that. How many it's, games are we going to get? I think it's that Monday of Super Bowl week. Or Sunday. I, I don't know. The, the, I'm getting we'll confused. We'll it's something like that. We'll be busy at all during something that like time, that. will we? No. No. Well, it depends. <laughs> depends. Well, it depends. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. We'll be busy if it turns out um, the Chiefs are heading to the Super Bowl. Won't be if it's the other way around. I understand what clings like that is the one thing about the road stuff that I really do like is I don't think it was ever realistic to be like, well, they don't know how to play a real road game, but road games are harder to play in. That's just a statistical sure. fact. There's an entire history because of silent counts and cadence and energy. But instead, the Chiefs did what great teams do, which is feed off of it. That atmosphere was awesome. You heard Andy Reid, actually, when he joined the media earlier, he said, he was like, that was like, that's football. It was loud. It was crazy. He's like, but that works two ways. You feel the energy in the building the same way. And for a team that really kind of trudged through some nonsensical road games this year, where they go out to Vegas with no juice, they go out to the Chargers stadium with no juice, just kind of hang out. It's kind of nice to play in a game that actually feels like your stadium, feels like it's got some life. Feels like it matters. Baltimore will feel that way too, but they just did that in Buffalo. So you don't have to worry about like how that feels, you know, like going into it. That makes sense. I know. I thought the road stuff got overplayed anyway. You heard Andy today too. Another thing he said, well, we do go on the road during the regular season. Yeah. So it's a lot like that. Hey, look, if they, they made it through Buffalo, they'll make it through from a crowd standpoint. They'll be fine in Baltimore from, I'm not saying they're going to roll in there, but just from a, the, the crowd is not going to be why they lose this game. Bolt, if you made it through Buffalo's atmosphere, you can make it through Baltimore's. Like It's a nice atmosphere, but it's not Buffalo and it's not Kansas City. It just isn't. I mean, Buffalo hadn't been in a position like that in forever. And then against the Chiefs on top of it, that's maximum hostile atmosphere, yep. right? In the entire NFL this season, that's ma- that's the, the most hostile you'll get. Throwing snowballs at the players coming off the field. Actually, in the field, too. They were throwing an MVS who was trying to get a touchdown pass. So, yeah, I just don't think Baltimore will be tough, as you well know. 
in the time you spent there for yeah. one Sunday night game. Not a fan. You guys were talking Not a fan about. of the city. Sorry. No. You're only there a day. Yeah. No, I, the they city treated you rudely. The, the the city itself was okay. The 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 Did fans really cool? there weren't the best. There was a really cool brewery. I think I sent out a photo at the time of it. It was an old, like an old historic, really cool church that like oh, with the huge fun. columns and everything that they they turned into a brewery. It was a cool concept. I've seen one of those in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it it's called cool. it was called shockingly Ministry Brewing uh, in Baltimore. So that was cool. Makes sense. I'm not a big seafood guy, so I didn't take advantage of like and the crabs that's a huge and all that missed stuff. Opportunity, yeah, right? I understand. I understand. But yeah, so that's that. So that wasn't like interesting. The Inner Harbor though at night is is like is beautiful. But it's, it's yeah, Drew doesn't like Baltimore, so he can he can relate on this one. Cincinnati fans don't like the Baltimore Ravens so. at all. So that that's something. Uh, I, I did want to talk away from this game for a second, though. We know the coaching carousel continues all around this week, and another interview for Harbaugh, you know, potentially coming with the Chargers. A second interview is on hold right now with the Falcons. We know the Titans are likely to hire Brian Callahan, the Cincinnati OC, to be their head coach. And I've seen more around the Belichick uh, situation in Atlanta where everybody just assumes that's where he's going to end up. But there seems to be some more speculation that because of his age, some teams are worried. And I thought that was fascinating because, yes, he is one of the oldest coaches available or was the oldest coach in the NFL along with Pete Carroll. And so I, I understand it from that just pure age standpoint. But the market maybe is not what everybody thought for Belichick, and we can get into like why that's the case. And you know, I still think he can coach. I know as a GM, there's concerns. If you are a team like Atlanta, if you don't want to hire him, that's cool. But your reasoning, your, your reasoning should not be. Well, we're worried that he might retire in two years. Go back through and look at every coaching cycle, guys that got hired two years ago or three years ago, and how many of them still have jobs. And we can keep doing this. A lot of these guys get their ass run out of town after two or three years anyway. So you're worried that, oh, we might hire the best coach in football who might win some games for us for two years, maybe even get us to a Super Bowl, but he's going to retire. We shouldn't hire that guy. Versus, oh, let's hire this this unproven guy that won't retire anytime soon, but we're going to fire his ass in two years. It makes no sense. I'll take the risk that we're good and Belichick retires in two years. When it it comes to NFL football things, are you allowed to be outwardly ageist? That's technically against hiring practices. I don't know how it works in the NFL, but yeah. How dare they do this? No, look (laughs) at their own history. Gold, you don't have to do other teams or across the league. Arthur Smith was with them for three years. Mm -hmm. The coach before that was with them for, he was an interim coach, but he coached the entire season. Raheem Morris, one year. Dan Quinn got five full years. Okay, not bad. They also had Bobby Petrino, who only made it a little bit of time. Jim Moore only made it a couple of years. Wade Phillips was a head coach for a whole season. Yeah, these coaches just get fired, man. That's the way this works. Hell, more than half of their coaches since 1990 have made it less than three years. Wouldn't you rather take the chance that the man's good and actually turns your organization around? The one thing I, and again, I have reservations. I would still hire, I told you, I would hire Vrabel or I would hire Harbaugh That's before fun. I hired Belichick because of the, the power struggle that I'm worried consists in there. But age has absolutely nothing to do with it. The other part about this that always confuses me is, did you not see what getting a qualified head coach can do for your organization? Can you just not look at Andy Reid's last tenure? Andy Reid got run out of town because he was struggling in Philadelphia, and he was. He was playing, he was, you know, things weren't going well. He showed up in Kansas City, and they immediately became relevant. Don't you want to immediately matter again? Bill Belichick will get you more wins. Same roster, same team. Bill Belichick would have gotten more wins this year than Arthur Smith did. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I just, I saw that. I wanted to bring it up because I was like, we can disagree on whether he should be hired, but you're, are you worrying that they're going to, 
he's going to retire is a dumb reason not to hire somebody. Also, he's not obviously not planning on retiring if he's still looking for a job. I'm just going to say it. Like, who's like Gold? If if I was a year away from retirement, like I was 64 years old and I decided I was retiring at 65 and I got fired, I'm done. I'm out. That's it. I'm just going to have to fit maybe a part time job. I'm not going back. Somebody like, hey, Cody, we don't want to hire you for radio because we're worried you're going to walk away. I'm not looking for a radio job if I'm one year away from retirement. I'm going to go stock lumber at Lowe's, ride this year out, and get the hell yeah. out. Bill can just go do analyst stuff for a couple of years if he just wants to earn a paycheck, be near football, and then dip. He wants to coach. Otherwise, he wouldn't be interviewing with you. Yeah. Again, coach he, for a while. Maybe he retires in three years. Again, who cares? Enjoy the three years of maybe competing for a Super Bowl. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, we especially because the roster is made for winning. That's the other part that makes no it sense. Is. If you were in a teardown, I think it'd be mm. different. You're the Panthers. Maybe you don't want Bill because by the well, time the Panthers could dream of having Bill Belichick, nobody wants to go there. No, but you get the point. Like if you're the Panthers, but you're like, well, screw it, we're too far away. Bill's gonna be too old by the time we matter. Fine. Yeah. Have your have your conversation. But if you're if you're the Falcons, your Kirk Cousins showing up in your building and throwing to everybody away from winning the NFC South. And then competing in the NFC because that's how it works in that conference. The Detroit Lions are in the conference title game. They were nothing a couple of years ago. Now they matter. You could be that if you hire Bill Belichick. Who's going to be the coach there then? Well, I don't. I don't think it it's for sure that it's Bill. not him. Yeah, it's just, there, there's a lot of noise coming out that maybe that's one of the concerns. Well, Yesterday we mentioned on the show there were some rumors that current front office people in Atlanta would rather them not hire Belichick and hire somebody like Raheem Morris because they're worried if they hire Belichick he'll clean out the front office and get rid of all of them. Well, <laughs> again, some of you might Arth- be going. If yes. you're Arthur Blank, that would be another terrible way to approach hiring. Well, I don't want to hire this guy because he might no. Hire the best candidate. Now, if you want to tell them, hey, there's one person, you know, you can't fire this Fine, guy. No, that's, he gets his yeah, job. That's, you know, that is, you're the owner. You can, you can say that. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, I, it's already, it's, it's Wednesday of this week. Kind of get the sense now we're going to, like, unless something happens tomorrow, don't you think we'll have to wait till next week? Like, if something yeah, doesn't happen right. tomorrow, because ne- next week's a, is a dead week of the NFL. It's Pro Bowl yeah. week. Everything, nobody, all the interviews take place next week, next week if they haven't already. Yeah, Jordan Schultz did say that Harbaugh's still in L.A. for what it's worth. I like the text line. Says that from the 903 LOL, Cody thinking people in our generation will be able to retire. Yeah, you, I, Certainly I, not by 65. Very, I work in radio. That was way you, too optimistic. Yeah, you were extremely optimistic. I think you said, like, <laughs> 63 or something. I was like, where? yeah, really optimistic of you. Oh, yeah. yeah, this place in no time. That retirement plan's working real nice. Well, fill us in. Fill us in, please. Really setting that 401k money aside. I'm flush. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I'm not even close. I will say I did look at my 401k over Christmas break. Don't and, do it. Don't well, do no, it. No, I did it, and I was like, okay, let me just look ahead. So, like it says, you, yeah. I, I want to retire by blank. You put in 65, and the amount that I am <laughs> short of reaching that, I, I just had to take a deep breath and was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes. Reality check. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to rob. I'm going to go full chiefs. Oh, of at about 65. Rob a bank instead of, instead of like <laughs> retiring, I'll just either go to prison at 70 what? or, or have all the cash problem solved. You're going to go to prison at 70 years old. Good That's luck. what you just said. That seems like it'd be better than going to prison. Now. If I could spend 10 years in jail, it's way better spending at 70 than now. Way better. It depends. If you have money and you're retired, you you would have you could do whatever you wanted at that point in time, though. I'm not gonna do the I'm not gonna do the 401k. <laughs> Even if you didn't yet. have the money and you had to work a little bit, I think that at 70, would you'd be willing to work a little bit? It would be okay. Unless well, see, you think you being just in jail is better than that. That's what we said. You just yeah. gotta work at Lowe's. I see those guys hanging out. Looks fine. Looks comfortable. Or a starter at a golf course or something. 
Perfect yeah. for that age. <laughs> Little part-time gig. <laughs> You're just looking at me like I'm crazy. Unbelievable. <sighs> That's like the third time you've said, you know what? Going to prison, not a bad idea. <laughs> it's like the third time you said that. And I'm like, I said under the right circumstances. That's all. Uh-huh. You know, 30 years from now, we see a headline pop up. Oh, wow. <laughs> he did it. He, did he followed it. through. Uh, he actually did this thing. Can you believe it? All right. Well, Texan thinks I'm nuts, which is fair. Up next, let's get to let's get to what's trending. We'll also get back into something that Drew mentioned earlier today around turnovers and what the Ravens have been doing this year. What's trending? All right, let's check in on the hot topics. Trending, trending, trending. Number one on what's trending, we heard from Andy Reid, an update on the injury status for a couple players. So Sky Moore not practicing today, still dealing with that knee injury. Remember, he is still on IR, even though they designated him to return. Trey Smith out with an illness. I think nobody should be too concerned about that. Mike Edwards is in concussion protocol. Isaiah Pacheco, a sprained toe, but he spoke to the media and said absolutely when asked if he would be playing on Sunday. And then the big one is Joe Tooney, strained peck. He will not practice. Also, Adam Schefter reporting that he is told by a source it's unlikely that Tooney is able to play. But another source told him he's going to work like crazy to play. So they're not ruling him out early in the week. They're going to give him a shot to see how he's feeling uh, throughout the week. And if not, Nick Allegretti going to play left guard. And it's significant. Nobody should downplay it. I do think Allegretti is, you know, it's not a rookie just stepping in. He's not terrible. uh, But... (laughs) It's an all-pro that you're talking about potentially having to replace. So that's where things stand on the injury front. Good news, Willie Gay expected to practice today, unless, as Kling said, unless the Andy Reid just completely forgot to mention Willie Gay, uh, he's expected to practice. By the way, on the Ravens into this, Mark Andrews, yeah, like you said, continue to practice. But then Marlon Humphrey was out there as well. So we'll see what happens okay. on their end. We'll monitor that throughout the week. Next up on what training the Packers officially fired defensive coordinator Joe Barry, much to the enlightenment, it appears, of all Packers fans. Look, his... His job this year struggled a little bit. LaFleur done such a good job with that offense. It felt like that was the thing that came up short for them. But sometimes I'm a little bit surprised. Andy Reid partially is because he's one of the most patient guys ever when it comes to that stuff. He does not let coordinators go flippantly. We know that Eric Bieniemy left after eventually it was determined that those two guys had kind of reached their theoretical limit together. This is just straight up saying the Packers say we need to do better on defense and they're getting rid of Joe Barry. Up until the last few weeks, man, it was ugly. Like I, it was. I mean, it, it really was. I think most Packers fans expected him to be cut loose. I mean, they, people wanted him fired midseason. They're fortunate. The, the defense did play better, but offensively they played better, and that's what helped out the defense, and that's what allowed him to finish out the season. But the one yeah. part about that is, how have you ever heard of a team firing their offense or defensive coordinator in the middle of the year and still going on to the Super Bowl? No. Hell, the Bills might be the closest I ever remember. They fired their offensive coordinator in the middle of the year, and they still only got to the divisional True. round. Next up on what's trending, there's a report out of Carolina that Chiefs Vice President of Football Operations, Brant Tillis, is at the top of Dave Tepper's list for a new position in the front office. It's not the general manager role. They have already hired a GM or promoted a a guy to GM, but it would be a different role. Uh, Panthers front office executive Samir Solomon, or I don't know if you pronounce it, is no longer with the team. So I don't know if it's a new role, role, what that would be, assuming it's more money. But if you're Brant Tillis, I think it's like, do you want to work? in that organization and for that owner Adam Kaplan saying he would be very surprised if it doesn't happen this feels like one of those he's going to offer you double what you make now for a title bump with a different organization and then you're still only one step away from eventually becoming an NFL GM I don't know if I were Brant Tillis I might be very tempted to just be like Clark you sure you don't want to just match and I'll stick here because it seems pretty good obviously he's been a cap guru for this team ideally he's been with the organization long enough 
But whoever is replacement in-house, typically how these work is, knows how his process works. Because he has been very good cap-wise, and the Chiefs have been very good cap-wise under Brant Tillis's watch. Next up on what trending, Doc Rivers officially heading to the Milwaukee Bucks to become their next head coach. I think a lot of people were a little surprised when CNN, of all places, broke that news <laughs> last night. Then a few NBA insiders tried to say that that wasn't true, only to it, you know, once Woj sent it out today, nobody questioned it anymore. So Doc Rivers will become the new head coach. This is just the way it works in the NBA. <laughs> you can win a title within a couple of years. Your head coach can be fired in the middle of the damn year. And all you need to know is, is there enough players? It's really one. Does Giannis like him? Does Giannis like the current coach? And if the answer is no, new head coach. Does Giannis like Doc Rivers? Probably. That's why he's the new head coach. It's just that simple. Mind you, they were 30 and 13 when they yeah. fired they're second it's in the It's clearly Eastern just the players that like the, the, the players Conference. just didn't like the other coach. Like, also, I mean, that's go ahead. Good luck to them because Doc Rivers has not won anything in recent memory. No, they'll they'll get to a game seven in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals or something. They'll, they'll, lose. they'll lose. That's what'll happen. I mean, that's the Doc Rivers story. You know what it is? The Bucks have lost to the Pacers, I think, all but once this year when they played them like four times. So the Pacers are yeah, but the, the Pacers traded. Why, uh, what's his name? Yeah, they got Pascal Siakam in there, but yeah. uh, they are they're winless since they traded for him. Right? Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton. So, somebody pointed out to me that he hasn't been in the lineup, which is true. But I didn't buy the. Okay. I don't think it moves the needle for the Pacers, but I don't know. We'll see. Halliburton's had such a good year. Fun player. Yeah, he's been a fun player. Lastly, on what's trending, I saw this from our guy Aaron Ladd, who's in the Chiefs' locker room right now. He was talking to Creed Humphrey, uh, asking him. Does he like crab cakes as they're going to Baltimore? Okay. Quote, yeah, I'm 300 pounds. I like about anything I can eat. Breaking. That's the important stuff today on what's trending. Want to make sure I got that in there for everybody today. I think seafood's tough because some people just straight up, like I'll eat crab, shrimp, whatever. There's no like seafood I won't eat. But I think no matter, I don't care how much you weigh. I think either you like seafood or you don't. Yeah. I don't think that that's a weight-related food. Uh, Creed's putting true. it on his weight, but I yeah. don't think it's a weight-related food. I think it's either you like seafood or you don't. That's probably fair. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. The foods that you think about where you know are heavy, and obviously it's like your brisket and your barbecue and all that. That's a little bit different, which I, we all, you and I, all three of us like, and I would like to say, well, none of us are overweight, and we we like plenty of barbecue as well. So yeah, you're Agreed. probably correct, which we need to erase. We still have this freaking whiteboard over here. I gotta take for, the spray to it. It's too much work. Th- we have the whiteboard over here from two years ago at this it's point so of a weight loss challenge. You we and said I were we doing want other things even, on the board. I, I say weight loss challenge. I wasn't trying to lose weight. Cody was trying to get to. <laughs> I was just threatening you <laughs> with my weight loss. <laughs> he was doing and eventually we got uh, like, it was crazy how close it went uh but yeah that that board had just sat there and we have not erased it in two years really all this is a really good reminder what creed said we did an event at boulevard a couple of years ago and all of his offensive lineman buddies came for the protect your tailgate thing at boulevard and <laughs> yeah. the plates they brought back were impressive not just like that's a lot of food like it's mounted mm, mm-hmm. it's like it's like it's almost cone-shaped on top. And then they went back again. Huh? I was like, is Dude. this what it takes to be an NFL offensive lineman? That's so much fun. To maintain their weight, they got to, you know, they got to get the calorie load up. Seems like the text line's also split on seafood. You don't, Drew, do you eat seafood? I love seafood. Oh, all right. Okay. And I told you, I used to, I, shrimp was something that I loved. It pained me. Cool. Saturday night, I was at a hibachi restaurant. We're doing our birthday thing because we couldn't do it the week before because of the Chiefs game. So we had our family, my sister and I's birthday from the week earlier. And so we went to Hibachi because the nephews love that place and yeah. they think it's cool. Anyway, so, and the food's awesome. I like the food. So normally I love, I mean, the shrimp, oh, catch the shrimp, all of it. I can't, I can't do any of that it's anymore. Right, it sucks. It sucks. 
Uh, yeah, it's tough. My only disagreement with I know you don't like seafood is you haven't had it. My yes, still objection is I've had said, salmon. I've had shrimp. I love shrimp. I've had salmon. Eh. But that's it. You said I don't like sushi. You've never had sushi. Correct. You can't possibly know. Well, now there's no if way you I'm like having or it. dislike sushi. You, you know, there's you could n- like it. There's no way, you know, I'll eat it now because I still haven't officially the all of a sudden the shrimp allergy. I don't know if it's shellfish or shrimp. And so that uh, I don't so know how that impacts. Becomes a I don't know how that impacts that's the, tough. you know, mm. all the fish in the sea, if you will. Someone says, I can get you to stop eating shrimp. They are ocean roaches. Well, yeah. Constantly. They're a dirty animal. I mean, there's, yeah, they're, they're not animal. They're a dirty fish. Have you ever thing. seen? What do they call it? What, what's the official term of shrimp? What are the, the crustacean? crustacean? Have you ever seen, I mean, have you ever seen how a pig lives? Are, are you <laughs> kidding me? They will eat a fence. They're just covered in their own feces. Filthy. Yeah. Filthy animals to the point that people of other religions won't eat it because yeah, of their yeah. filthiness. Yes. And it won't yes. stop me from frying up Peppa Pig after Josh Allen's weekend and eating some pork. Is the it's argument though with the shrimp though like it. the shrimp, like you just eat the shrimp whole, right? Like you eat everything. Like you know, they, you pretty much you for the most part you eat it whole. Like the the pig you could argue like, I'm not, not to, eating the dirty parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean I don't want to get I don't want to get like deep into this conversation here and gross some people out. But yeah, like a little bit different. All the people are like, yeah, hot dogs. Like hot dogs are, you know, just a bunch of random pieces of I eat a couple meat of hot dogs here. And we all eat a whole, uh, I can't wait to have a hot dog at Kauffman Stadium here in a couple months. Someone says their mom came over for their birthday and said, we could get sushi. She said, or Mike came over for their birthday and I said, we could get sushi. She said, I'll just go home. <laughs> Some people are just grossed out by the sushi. smell. I mean, there is a very strong seafood smell that you go to a restaurant that happens to have like steak and seafood. And sometimes the seafood smell is a little overwhelming. Someone else brings up, don't forget, fast food meat at some places that serve tacos, you know, all that kind of stuff. And we eat it. And we eat it. Yep. Yep. When was the last time you had some tacos? Someone says, uh, like a week or so ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Someone says they don't like shrimp. So when they go to hibachi, they ask them to throw them chicken. They offered that. And I did. I did. They threw me chicken. Did you catch it? I did. The chef was phenomenal. He had me stand up and like I was a little kid and walk back. I don't know. 10 feet, and he threw it across the restaurant. Yeah. It was impressive. I haven't been to a hibachi restaurant since I was like 17. It's been so long. It's like a prom or something, I feel like, was the last time I went to I I told you, the Kyoto and South OP, phenomenal place. And I'm told, really good sushi. sushi. I just don't eat it, but I'm told that's what people go there. Someone else uh, mentioned that. But uh, also, to answer a text, and we can get back into something Drew brought up earlier around the game, uh, are you going to be, they said, am I going to be at Hollywood Casino tonight? I will not. Unfortunately, there's, not unfortunately for K-State fans, unfortunately for programming reasons, K-State basketball is on the air tonight, so there's no live that betting show, and so I will not be at Hollywood Casino tonight. Uh, but we are going to try something different. Uh, instead of just podcasting, I'm going to try on all our channels, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, to do a live video version of that betting show. So we'll see how it goes. We can test it out at 7 o'clock tonight. Speaking of... Uh, you know, like K State. Should we be talking more about their women's team? They're in number four incredible. in the country. I think. I think number two. Ever been up to two? Correct. Are they up to two now? I thought they were up to. They two. were four. Maybe they're two. There you go. No. Yeah. Incredible Very impressive squad. season. Drew, you brought up something about this defense of both teams and the turnover battle, and you did some digging and how vital, duh, that's going to be for this game. Yeah, it's pretty obvious to say that you know turnovers are going to be a, a big deal, but the Ravens in particular, in terms of a turnover margin, they're one of the best teams. Chiefs have struggled, but in the games that the Ravens have lost the turnover battle, there's been four of them this year. They've lost two of them, and one of them was week one against C.J. Stroud, first ever career okay. game, so that you can call that a pass almost. And then uh, in the fourth game, they needed a walk-off punt return touchdown to beat 
uh, the Rams in overtime. So when they've lost the turnover battle, they have at times struggled uh, or struggled to win or lost. The Chiefs, 10 games, they've lost the turnover battle this year. They're 5-5, five and five, a little bit more, I guess, familiar with having some games where they've had to overcome those turnovers. I think that it doesn't necessarily mean that whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win the game, but I think if you're the Ravens and or if you're the Chiefs and you can turn the Ravens over, it puts you in a great spot to win because of the efficiency that Patrick Mahomes has shown over the playoffs in particular, but over the last few games in regards to not turning the ball over himself and the ability to move the ball with more efficiency down the field. In a weird way, it feels like not turning it over is more important to Baltimore because it's more identifiable to how they win. They are the number one turnover differential team in the league. They need it to win. It has been a key part of a lot of their wins. The Chiefs win in spite of it most of the time. They got nine games this year with two-plus turnovers. They've lost the turnover differential like 12 times this year. They hardly ever win it. Net zero or loss is pretty much what the Chiefs right, do. But aren't we, I mean, and can still win football games. Isn't the reason, part of the reason, and I know they just turned it over against Buffalo and they were fortunate to still win. On the one yard but line, of the reason why this offense and we feel like this team is playing better and we're all more confident because they're, they're not giving it away. I mean, Patrick yeah. Mahomes has been phenomenal these first two playoff games. He, he and I, you know, I expect that to continue, but that's he's protecting yeah. the ball. And I mentioned earlier, Lamar Jackson hasn't has only had seven picks all year on their side of things, and Lamar hasn't thrown a pick. Uh, what did I say? Since like the seventeenth of December, something like that. When we looked yeah. it up earlier, and he's. Haven't fumbled a ball in four weeks. I mean, both teams are protecting the ball, and it's a reason why they're they're both where they're at. What if what if I said it's one turnover though? That's the differential, right? Somebody is minus one, somebody is plus one. That's it. Who is it more likely to cost the game? I still think it's the Chiefs. I actually think it's the Ravens. That's what's interesting. Yeah. I just think that they're more accustomed to winning that way. I think if the Ravens are the negative one in this yeah, scenario. Better, they're way more likely to be completely burned by it. I guess I just view it as we would both say not that they can't win, but. The Ravens are a better football team. They have been. They've been a better team all year. They've been the more talented team all year. So if you're Chiefs asking, Patrick Mahomes, so if you're, which is for sure, no, no question. But if you're asking like who, to, who, you know, there's one turnover in the game and it's the Chiefs or it's one turnover, it's the Ravens. Who is more likely to overcome that? Like maybe your just answer is, hey, it's Patrick Mahomes. And I can't really argue with that. But I would say the better team is more likely to overcome the turnover because they have all year. You know what I mean? Like, I know sure. you're saying the Chiefs have had more turnovers, so they're used, they're, <laughs> they're they're used, they're used to playing. To playing that, right? But also, like, that's a dangerous – in the playoffs, that's that's a dangerous way to, to operate. Like, they've had nine games in which they've turned it over two or more times, as I said. Yeah. They don't have nine losses. I mean, they're winning sure. a good sure. chunk of those games. And I know that it counts as a turnover that the Buffalo Bills went for that fourth down. But in my eyes, they lost a turnover differential. They fumbled it once and lost it. The Bills – and the Chiefs fumbled it twice, actually, and lost one. The Bills fumbled it once and or fumbled it twice and held on to both. Had and and look, if the Bills had lost that turnover, how much further would that game have been? Had they actually lost that fumble and both teams had given the ball to the other team and either an interception or a fumble, that'd be the case. The one thing that's tough about the Ravens is they do not give it away very often. Lamar doesn't throw many picks, and like you said, he hasn't been fumbling. To me, too, I, I, we obviously have, haven't paid as much attention to the Ravens as we have the Chiefs this year, but I, I can't think of a time where the Ravens defense had to make a stop for them to win the game, at least off the top of my head where yeah. and be because, and they've lost some um, close, the higher scoring games. Like if you, they lost to the Browns 33 to 31, they lost yeah, they to did. the, they, they barely beat the Rams, but it was 37 to 31. I think I also don't feel like the chiefs want to get in that kind of game. Well, r- r- yeah. No. Uh, but no, 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 I, I think no, no, no. that given that we've seen the chiefs need a stop to win the game and they've done it. They have. I don't know if the Ravens would feel as comfortable in a situation where it's Patrick Mahomes 
and he's down by three points. He has to go 75 yards in a minute 40. And I don't know if you trust your defense to, even though you might have played well throughout the whole game, when you need a stop, can the defense deliver? I don't know how many games yeah, they've, they've had where they've had to do it and they have done it. Or The Chiefs have, you know, only over the last six weeks or six games have not given up more than seven points in the second half. I mean, that, that's yeah. when they've made the adjustments. They've, they've stepped up in a huge way when that has happened. I do want to point out, though, and a little update from practice. Despite what so Andy Reid said at noon that he did not mention Willie Gay is not practicing. Pete Sweeney is at the media portion, and that's important to note. Sometimes sure. guys show up later. At the media portion, there was not Willie Gay Jr. Oh, so he might have just maybe he forgot it. to mention. We'll see tomorrow or later on today. Uh, he, Justin Ross was out there, Tony and Wania Morris, uh, but Naughty and Willie Gay Jr. were not out there in addition to the players we already knew. So either he forgot to mention Willie Gay, talking about Andy Reid, or Willie was getting treatment and was showing up late. We're going to find out when the practice report comes out, what, at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock today. Yeah, it'll probably be around there. And we, you and I both know that's the one we're watching the most because, well, when Willie Gay went out of the game and he is very important to their run defense and their ability, especially speed run defense. When it comes yeah. to Lamar Jackson, he's an important player for them. I don't know if he's just as important as Joe Tooney, but it feels that way. Joe Tooney's the better player, but it feels like Willie Gay's absence in this game is just as important. If that makes well, sense. Well, he's their most athletic linebacker. I mean, we, we, we've all praised Drew Tranquil. He's been a stud. Uh, obviously Nick Bolton's a run thumper, like, but athleticism that's where Willie Gay helps you, and you're playing the most athletic quarterback we've seen since Michael Vick. So, you know, that, that that's the challenge if, if Willie Gay could not go on Sunday. I think still Willie Gay will end up playing. Joe Tooney, I, I see ultimately they're going to say he tried and he won't play able to play, but uh, I think Willie Gay will be playing on Sunday. That's, the fact that he played last week, even if he was only out there for a short period of time, and now he's got a full week of treatment, I feel like he'll be out there on Sunday. I think so. Um, yeah, again, those guys who try to get back in the game, typically given a full week and it's the AFC title game, as you previously mentioned, normally I would anticipate in the getting out there, but those are injuries. We're just gonna have to watch all week. And for the Ravens, we're gonna have to watch Marlon Humphrey and, and Mark Andrews and their players all week because they've got important injuries that they're trying to shake to at least with Mark and Mark Andrews is clearly a better football player than Isaiah likely. But I will say they've Isaiah likely has been able to step up and, you know, and, and perform at a high level. If you told me they don't have Mark Andrews, I would prefer that. <laughs> but Isaiah likely is not some guy you can just ignore. I mean, he he's athletic. He has been able to find the end zone. He's been a weapon. Like, and he's also been running this offense with them without Mark Andrews for what is it now? It's been seven weeks since Andrews yeah. got hurt. The real question I would have is like, you've pointed out, well, then you would have multiple weapons, but can you, are the Ravens equipment? The Harvard's a really good coach. Andy yeah. did in the middle of the season. Todd Munkin. Can you just switch to 12 personnel immediately? Make that adjustment and then go that direction. Maybe. Really and Munkin's done a great job, but Lamar won an MVP before Munkin was ever there. So, like, yeah. part of this is just Lamar is great. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't regardless know. Regardless of who the OC is. We'll have someone on from Baltimore later this week and ask them, like, could they line up Isaiah likely at wide receiver in the slot if they all of a sudden have Andrew? You know, who knows? What we shall see as we get closer and closer to Chiefs and Ravens on Sunday. Tomorrow on the show, we got a, we got a busy show plan. Benjamin Solak is going to join us. A little more breakdown on quarterbacks and comparing these quarterbacks heading into the game. Uh, also, we expect to, to hear from some more players maybe even tomorrow because it's, it's a weird yep. week with everything Mahomes going on. Mahomes talks again tomorrow. Yeah, Mahomes talks just like that. Again, it's, a, it's the AFC title game week. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We're back at it tomorrow. Coming up next, it's The Drive with C. Don and Rob right here on 610 Sports Radio.